Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome on today's show. Our guest is a mediumship. She travels all around Ireland giving readings to people that need them, connecting into their energy and seeing what is ahead of them and what they need to work on. In 2015, I discovered today's guest and got a reading from her. I was blown away in how she was able to connect what was about to happen with the energy of me and particular topics that was discussed in the conversation. I would like to welcome Fiona Barrett and her website is fionaferry.com. Hello Fiona, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi Aaron. Tell us how you got how you got involved with mediumship. Um, it kind of found me. I always had an interest in spirituality, um, kind of an interest in the afterlife. I guess through meditation, uh, just having quiet time, things like that. I felt, you know, more of a connection to the spirit world. Um, and I used to kind of, you know, I, I just retrieve information kind of fairly effortlessly. I just know certain things. Um, about those that have passed on. Basically, over time, I'd relay certain things to certain people. I was guided to do to do readings for people to help those either grieving or you know to just to let you know so in order to let people know that you know our spirits do live on. At what stage of your life did you discover this gift? I kind of cringe when I hear the word gift because I believe everybody is gifted, um, and I believe everybody can connect with um, spirit, that's just my belief. I guess I was always aware of it as a child, but I assumed as a child everybody could see things that, you know, weren't solid or solid form. I, I used to feel that um, it was just something I wanted to do. Um, but I guess more in my early to mid-thirties age group that I couldn't kind of, I suppose, turn, turn the... Uh, down anymore and I, I just started to do it with my work. Was it something that your your parents were aware of when you were young? No, never discussed it with them at all. Came from a Catholic upbringing, went to Mass on Sundays, so no, it wasn't anything I really ever discussed or talked about. In fact, I only have done really in the latter last sort of seven, eight, nine years with them. And when you discovered your, your connection with this higher area, what, um, what did it feel like? I don't suppose it felt any different really other than that I had just opened up, you know, a spiritual shop or an angel shop. Had not long opened it up, and the more I was working in the area of having, you know, the tools that people use, um, angel cards, crystals around me all the time, that just became the messages just became clearer and clearer, and people just asked me to do readings for them. So I didn't go looking to do it as such or advertise it. My work just spread through word of mouth, really, and the phone rang and um, I started to see clients then, so a bit nerve-wracking. You know, it's a pretty big responsibility. Soul Energy kept working through me to relay uh, messages to the loved ones, and um, so it just kind of went from there, just grew and grew. After a while, did the nerves start to settle down? 
No, I'm nervous for every single reading that I do. <laughs> when people come to me often say, oh my God, I'm so nervous. And I say, that's okay, because I'm nervous too. And they laugh often. Yeah, because as I said earlier, it's a, it's a big responsibility trying to, you know, you're hoping and praying you'll connect with the person they're most hoping to hear from. As a medium, you open up that channel. So it's always necessary the very first person that person really wants to hear from comes through first. They decline preferably need to be quite open to receiving any messages or any validations or evidence because the, you know some of the validation the evidence comes from other other people not just family members either are allowed in a, in a reading session why is it such a big responsibility because people are vulnerable often people well not all of them as in some people come to just, i think test the waters and to see or oh, can she really connect with my uncle bob or my auntie Teresa? you know when they're years later when they're when they're moved on in their grief and they're more celebrating the person that they remember or sometimes they're a distant family member as opposed to a close close but majority of people would come if they are still in a lot of sadness with surrounding their their bereavement so when you're dealing with somebody that's quite vulnerable and still very raw it can be a very nerve-wracking experience for the medium too because you want to be able to give them what they need when a client comes into you looking for a reading, are you tapping into their energy, what's around them, or family members? What do you do? Well, when they really make an appointment, I would just take their name, like Aaron, their phone number, that's it. And I don't do any pre-tuning in. I do nothing. That's my, what I call like an admin day, where you just take the phone calls or you get back to people. So no, that's my normal, my normal Fiona that's um, perhaps been mum that day or in the shopping and taking appointments and just getting back to people. I don't do any pre-tuning to any sessions with anybody. Um, I wait until I meet the person in person. And after you meet the person in person, what happens after that? Well, I explain to each client how I work, which I, I do my best to tune in or to become aware of any energy within them and around them. Uh, so I explain to them the spirit, I believe, is collectively your own angels, guardian angels and age partners loved ones. So they work through me by giving me they give me feelings and sensations in my own body. Sometimes they show me things, sometimes they hear things, other times I feel things. And because I don't know the client and I don't know who they want to connect with, I just act as the interpreter between those two energies. And I, I say, you know, with, with my feelings, I might interpret if they can be a tightening in my chest that someone around them may pass through a heart attack for argument's sake. Sometimes they may give me a feeling of a drop or a fall if somebody's had a collapse prior to passing. So in other words, sometimes people with spirit will validate themselves by how they passed. Other times they'll validate themselves by giving me their first name. Or sometimes they give me something about the client, maybe the, of, of, of an experience or something they've experienced, you know, in a few weeks before the reading. If they've won an award or if something's happened to them, you know, that they'll, they'll validate their presence that way. And during the reading, how do you do you hear them, feel them, see them? Explain that to us. Yeah, so just like I said earlier, um, sometimes I'll feel um, an energy, other times I'll see an energy. So it might give me a flash of a description. Some they'll show it to me like a photograph, but it'd be just like literally two seconds flash. So it might give you a description. They'll tell me, you know, they may tell me if they're tall, short, fat, thin. They may um, indicate. They might show me sometimes, you know cloth in the ears which signify maybe they're deaf or hard of hearing other times they will show me another medical problem they might flash up like a skeleton of bones to me for a second which will show me there's a problem with their bones before they pass maybe osteoporosis sometimes when they're small they'll show me they're small other times they make me feel very small in a room which will indicate they were small 
Um, so it's not great if they work, and each person that comes into the room, either their energy is different, and so is those of their loved ones. How does your own uh, family uh, respect your gift or your talents? It's not really something I discuss. I think just most people go to work and come home. You might say if you've had a good day or a bad day. I don't really discuss it um, with them. I try not to ever kind of sensationalise it. It's just something that I do for a living. Other people have got, you know, what I'd consider probably much more important jobs, like doctors and nurses, um, but things like that, you know. I suppose we've all got our own thing we do every day. It's just not something I do when I come home, you know, not discuss it really. I think, you know, I, I just feel I could sensationalise it a lot and that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be really me. If I feel I've helped somebody at the end of the day, then yes, I'd say to myself, oh, thank God, today was a good day to help somebody or help them see something differently. Does that happen quite regularly or is it just like a mixed, mixed week or whatever? Um, well, I try to get attention to, the, you know, someone to feel better after meeting me as opposed to um, anything else. But part of my job is to try and deliver evidence validation to the mother of their ones or something that they're going through in their own life now that they hopefully by the end of the reading will have a new awareness, awareness of how to deal with it. So my job can be quite mixed from a loved one coming through to a reading or just being given some higher guidance from you know, via their own angels and signs. How do you accept the val validation of your readings? How, how do you accept them if someone gave you, oh, thank you, Fiona, for the treatment, it was very helpful, how, how would you accept that? Say thank you. Okay, I was just more focused thinking about the, um, does the ego side pop in when you when you hear that um, for your work that's been done, but it sounds like not. Uh, well, it, it, it does, because obviously, you, you know, I, I, how can I put it, there's a state of natural joy which comes through, you know, meditation and connecting really with yourself. And I guess when you're doing any kind of a job, you know, if you're a carpenter and you fit a kitchen beautifully, someone to come in and to give you a validation that they're really happy with what they've got or how it's done, it's obviously just nice to hear. It's not an expectation. I don't bring anyone the week after to see how they got on or how they found me. I don't look for it. You know, if, if people recommend me, if they're happy with their experience with me, they recommend me, that's lovely. No, I don't grab a way to look for it. What is your own explanation of mediumship? Okay, uh, just as exactly what it is, people call you medium, I call it interpreter. I suppose the way I see it maybe very simply is I was speaking to someone that didn't have my language, you'd have an interpreter in the middle. Um, and with a medium, I suppose we learn over time and with experience, you know, doing through our own, you know, through, through our own work of meditation, becoming very aware of our body and, and symbols that spirit will give us. Um, how to interpret what they want you to know. So it's always their choice. I can't go looking for a message if it's not there. So I, I just see it as an interpreter's interpret, interpretation or inter, interpreter's work, really. And as an interpreter, how do you prepare like, to meditate and stuff like that to pr make that work more potent? I meditate, yes. And yeah. to set an intention for, for, you know, good, for love in the room. Okay, and um, is there a particular meditation that you do? Um, spiritual meditation. I do, personally, myself, I do some kind of uh, mantra meditations. Um, sometimes some chanting if it's privately. It's not something I, I like to do publicly, but it's just something I do in pre preparation on my way to, you know, to work. Do you use stuff like tarot cards and pendulums, or is it very basic mediumship that you would do? I have cards in my possession. I take them with me. I very rarely use them but I might use them to power cards and angel cards as tools 
the tools of the trade if you want to tarify something, but I wouldn't use the cards in mediumship. And can you explain what tarot cards are? Tarot cards and angel cards just are a tool of the trade where people can, where you use them along with your own intuitive gifts that we talked of earlier, clear feeling, clear seeing, and it can be used to indicate where clients may be in a particular situation in their life and how they're thinking of moving forward, but how they could choose more wisely for themselves. I use tarot cards more for guidance as opposed to fortune telling. I personally believe everybody has their own power, but as human beings, we all have our own, we all have our own patterns that sometimes we just subconsciously follow. And, you know, if we keep doing the same thing the same way, we're going to keep getting the same results. So the cards do help maybe show a situation, um, but then the guidance would come from from a higher um, a higher state, i.e. Uh, spirit. What is the difference between mediumship and fortune telling? Fortune telling, I believe, I'm not an expert on this, so I, expect, I believe is telling someone exactly what's going to happen as if it's fated. While a lot of people enjoy that type of thing, I wouldn't stop anyone from, from going to that type of thing, it's determining something or it can make the person feel that's going to happen, good or bad. And I personally feel it can be used slightly, I suppose, off-key. There's someone that's actually a really big windfall when they're told they're coming into money few months time they can go away and think and really have a high expectation of what to receive and they're going to be maybe disappointed if it's only a 50 quid you know lottery win people can have it built up in their heads so it's going to be much more money to win for example and other times then people can be shown a death and they automatically assume it's one of their close loved ones and all of a sudden it can make that person become preoccupied with who's, who's going to die next and what's going to happen and you know, it can promote, I know, I know a lot of fortune tellers don't discuss death. It can, or if a person sees a death card, they can take it upon themselves to feel there's a death. In other words, it's not always the, the fortune teller that will predict it. And it can just make someone really, really high anxious unnecessarily. Death in the tower cards can often mean a fresh new start, for example. But if you see, and, and the death is something that's not needed anymore in someone's life, so it can indicate lots of things from a house move to a new job change or end of a relationship that someone's glad for the relationship to be over. So it can be misinterpreted um, incorrectly by often the person sitting there, not, not the person that's predicting, but the client could see some of the cards and just start feeling fear. We tend to be a bit conditioned to look for the fearful side of things rather than the positive side of things. That's just natural state of human, human consciousness. And... Mediumship then would be completely different. Mediumship is connecting with departed loved ones. There'd be no predictive. It's more just validation that the person existed. They may validate something here that's gone on in the living family since they've departed. So I talk more about emotions. Not necessarily. I don't hear a lot of my the people I've connected with in spirit talk about love as in I love you, I love you, because it's a given. They still don't come through. It's because they love the person. They tend to kind of validate themselves by sometimes funny little situations that have gone on, funny stories. They may relay things like, show things for argument's sake, physical things like if they had a limp or the way they sat in a chair or they'll, they'll show me just completely different things. Whereas, you know, if someone's looking for a reading for guidance for future, mediumship wouldn't be what they're looking for. And if someone's coming to connect them to part of loved one, make that connection with them that it's mediumship they would be looking for. And would mediumship kind of fall into the future in some aspects that might happen during the reading? 
maybe it's a happy thing because the baby's coming to the family or some good news or they might show something like that you know someone's moved country and is very happy or someone's just bought a new house things like that they will normal family or friends and uh, you know things that we would all celebrate being here that we talk about in and when you when you said uh, about love when uh, spirit connects with you is it the love that we know or is it a different type of love love is love the same everywhere we with people with souls that have gone to spirit sometimes they become more aware when they've gone to spirit world and sometimes they come back a little bit remorseful about a situation maybe they had in their life sometimes they can be remorseful a little bit about how they died they might have some sadness, for instance, if they were in denial, they hadn't told anyone they were sick or unwell, and they often apologise, or they'll come through and explain that to, you know, a grieving loved one. Other times then, they could be very funny, uh, very comical, much the same as they were in life. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, it's, it's the energy of their soul, you know, relays funny, funny phrases sometimes, I hear from them, like two, three, you know, words long, or they'll give me a you know a reference to something that's going on in in their loved one's life at the moment, which would signify to the loved one that they're they are around them at the moment while they while they're processing or while they're going through whatever difficulties or whatever happinesses they're going through. I don't find or I find they they're far more when you talk about love, like all the negative parts of the personality uh, can still be retained when we go to spirit world and they work. They become, as they become more aware, they let go of those levels of their ego side of their personality bit by bit. But essentially, if you're connected through love, that person is always going to feel love towards you as you are them. In other words, you can cut cords with any anger or any irritability. You can cut cords with things like any addictions, any denial. But you can never cut love. With the mediumship, is it like a mathematical predicament or are you just tapping into the energies and you're just following what comes? Um, I, what I do is sit very still and I ask them, I ask whoever would like to step forward to kind of step forward. Sometimes you can get two or three gushing in at the same time and other times it's just one person. Um, and later there might be another one that joins in during the reading. It varies from person to person. I just connect with the energy that they're happy to give me. I don't go looking for them, if you know what I mean. I don't go mm. searching. I don't ask the client for any information. Um, at the beginning of the reading. Sometimes I want, I like to clarify something. I explain to the client some of the information I get. They might not be able to understand. So I'll ask the energy for more clarity. And sometimes at the end of the reading, the client says, oh, I thought that, but I didn't get this, this, and this. And I'll say, well, I didn't, I didn't understand it myself. And that's because I don't know the client or I know the person that's passed. But often it could be a week later, I'll get a text from somebody who says, I didn't know what this, this, this meant, but I checked with my mum, I checked with my aunt, I checked with my brother, and then they did understand what it meant. So in other words, I would have a relationship with my mum, and there'd be certain things that have gone on between me and my mother. So my sister, again, would have a completely different relationship with my mother. Uh, thankfully, I've got still got my mum here, but in years to come, if my sister attended the medium, she might... Someone could, something could be interpreted that my sister doesn't understand, but she could say it to me and I'll fully understand what the message was. Does that make sense? Yeah. In other words, they'll bring things through as well to promote more healing because when you leave a reading, you will often discuss that then with a sibling or with another family member, which again promotes more clarity and more validation. Is there anything that you do to prevent? So if you have one client, you finished reading with that and another client comes in, is there a, a way that you, you do to get yourself prepared for the next client? 
I often, yeah, I mean, I, I, they often pull back a certain amount of time, after a certain amount of time in the reading. I just ask the intention to clear and cleanse the space uh, for the next client. So again, you know, that the energy in the room is sacred. If I've had a lot of heavy going stuff all day, like a lot of trauma, traumatic passings, to lift the energy, I'll use um, some Californian white sage just to uplift the energy in the room. But I always have candles in the room, very often crystals, not always though. So, all I can do, yeah, but that's what basically I do to prepare the room. So the intention there to ask my own angels and guides to clear and cleanse the space so it can be clear for the next client. I let them do that bit for the work. Were you religious growing up? Yep, went to mass <coughs> every Sunday. <laughs> made a communion, made a confirmation, the whole lot. And and looking back as a as a medium, do you think that was preparation for what you do now? I'm not sure. I'm not a, a spiritualist. I, in the spiritualist religion, um, even though I'm a Catholic, I'm very kind of ecumenical. I've, I don't, all the religions to me sometimes look like they're all very good in many ways, but I guess by the different beliefs it can create and cause division. I, I guess I'm, I have a belief that we're all part of God. God experiences things through us. I guess meditation to me is, is a direct prayer to God. Not asking him for anything, but kind of gratitude or feeling peaceful. And I just, I feel become more aware then through, through meditation. After a days of reading, is there any ideas or things that pop into your head that you've experienced throughout the day? For myself, you mean? Yeah. Oh, well, you, you know, in this work, you do get a lot of people that just massively inspire you. Um, it's some really courageous people, some, you know, some people's stories that absolutely blow you away. Um, but I can also come home after a day with clients feeling just extremely sad. Um, and that's not because I believe their loved ones are in a sad place, but because I've got the pain all day of those that feel lost and lonely and bereft. And in particular, in the case, you know, when you meet people that have lost children, things like that, where, you know, in our human minds, we believe they should be here a lot longer than unfortunately some are. You know, the, the feelings and emotions can range every day that, you know, any day that I do work, we're still human at the end of the day. Even though we might be happy knowing they're in a lovely place, we can still feel the loss of them not being physically close. Yeah, you must feel lucky um, when you look at your own, what you have, and you see what the other person has, and it's like, wow, I'm lucky, you know? Sometimes you can feel really blessed, but other times it can bring up your own personal tragedies as well. You can meet people that have experienced tragedies similar to yours or traumas. That's probably the most difficult to deal with because you know you've been prepared to help that person by your own experiences of a trauma. But it's also very difficult because it kind of reawakens, no matter how much you work hard on certain things in your life, it can still reawaken certain things. And yes, then other days you can feel totally blessed, absolutely blissfully blessed in terms of gratitude for what you have. It ranges from day to day. It really does. Um, when you have a day where it's it's down, do you have a way of bringing it back up to uh, that positivity again? Um, I don't focus on doing that immediately. I think when I finish today, I do always certain kind of Reiki. I, I mean, I do Reiki as well, so I, I say some Reiki prayers just to kind of close down the energy. I invoke the violet flame. I call upon the violet flame, which transmutes lots of energy. I do my best just to have some downtime before I leave to go home. So just kind of try and raise my vibration and bring it up together a bit so that you're not taking work home. But it's very hard, it's, you know, it's very hard to do in terms of, 
you know, not bringing your work home, because your mind sometimes will go off and reflect a little bit about your day. You've probably brought work home and they've probably festered um, regarding your health, your family and so on. Has it happened? No, because like I say, when I finish a day's work, I, I close down that energy. I ask for it to be closed down and sealed um, and transmuted by the violet flame. So I'm, so I'm not taking the energy with me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So you can detach. But I suppose I'm not taking the vibration home. I'm taking the vibration of my own sadness, my own energy. When I've met somebody that you know, a massively brave soul that's gone through a lot and the man's had a lot of losses in their life and you have mixed feelings towards that they're totally inspirational people combined with such sadness so yes, you self-question, you know, how can that, all of that happen to that one particular person at times um, or one particular family? You know, it can be pretty devastating. So my own energy, I have to do my best, but even though I detach from the, the energy of work, it's bringing my own energy up then so that I'm not coming home worried or distressed by other people, which is an easy habit to get into. You can come home like anything from a bad day at work, any bad, any job, not you know feeling sad because of somebody else's news, so to speak. If there was another area of what you like energy work, would you pick it regard outside of mediumship? Well, I do red key energy. I do. I do believe there's a lot more spiritual work that can be done by many individuals and many light workers on the planet. And I got very interested in the last couple of years in the workings of her having the sign our Lakshmi Devi, a guru in India. You know, many people attend, whether they call them prayer meetings or in light living groups, whereby they come from lots of different types of work, jobs, hairdressers, psychotherapists, all different types of, of workers. And I'd consider their work, you know, almost more important than anyone that works in a job that I do because in that you're looking at your own personal awareness and you know holding pillars of light the more aware we become the lighter and freer we become so I don't see I suppose anyone that's practicing the level of their own spirituality they're all anchored you know lots of lots of new light on the planet so if you in regards to mediumship it's 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 kind of soul energy it's soul work it's to help create awareness and hopefully try and provide some comfort to those that are in bereavement. Whereas spiritual work is really, to me, looking for the, you know, our own love, our own I am, our own I am presence. I'm becoming really, really aware of taking responsibility for the light that so many of us don't see that we are. In other words, every human being on the planet is carrying light. And by practicing spirituality, you become more and more aware of that light and where our choices are ego-based or if they're spiritual, spiritually based. And I guess the more and more people take responsibility for that light, I feel there's better, inten- there's better intentions for the earth, you know, there's better intentions for the world. Fiona, who inspires you to do what you do? I guess my angels, my own guides and angels. If you talk about who would inspire me in terms of mediums when I watch them, if I do watch them on telly, I think the most inspirational psychic medium I love to watch would be John Edward and I also like watching um, James James Van Prague and there's a lovely English medium called TJ Higgs so inspirational wise in terms of ambassador ambassador for spirit those three mediums in particular do inspire me outside of the mediumship and spirituality is there anybody that inspires you? Renee Brown she inspires me 
I guess like most people, when you're interested in science about human spirit, human living spirits, those tape talk shows are great. You know, the the um, you know some phenomenal people out there all helping. Wayne Dyer, uh, who died last year, I love his work. I love his books and his teachings. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of there's lots of fabulously inspirational people out there for people to follow and to look on, look upon. You know, for some support and guidance and help. I think most modern day gurus inspire you to be yourself or inspire you to be becoming your own guru rather than becoming like another cult or another religion. Uh, most healthy most healthy gurus are out there to help you to become yourself. You mentioned about uh, doing mediumship on television. How does that work? Have you done that before yet? Or? No, never done, no, I haven't done any TV work with mediumship. I did a couple of radio thingies a, while, a good while back. Um, and also mediumship and audiences, but no, it wasn't televised or anything like that. We do live mediumship events. There's a few for charity. We've tried to, you know, collectively get together and put an intention out there to raise the money for charities. But no, I haven't done any television work or radio work and radio for a long time. And when you sit down to watch someone like James Van Prague, what do you look for or what do you see as a medium? What do I see as a medium? The ability to relay... Valid, valid, you know, valid messages or anything evidential that the person would have, like I mentioned earlier, whether, whether it's the style of their clothing, what they wore, how they looked, what their personality was like. If they're able to relate in a very clear, concise manner and on point, you know, so that the region's not full of repeating words and things, that just someone can come forward and say, I've got a gentleman here, he's six foot two, red hair, and he, you know, and on point. So that's what I, I suppose I find inspirational, that it can be very on point. Particularly, I personally find particularly John Edwards. Have you ever seen him yourself, Aaron? No, I haven't. Is he good? I personally think he's, yeah, he's excellent. He's well worth having a look on YouTube. John Edwards, he's a New York medium. And he's entertaining to watch. That sounds a really weird thing to say about mediumship, about entertainment. But I mean, we have to remember, I suppose, that our loved ones could be, depending on their personality, can be very entertaining, and they can be in regions. I've often been in regions where I've laughed, relaying messages across where the client has laughed, and then I've cried with the client, all in the same reading, because they're quite good. So they do their best to relate simple things that matter the most to them. Often, people can be very funny, still the same in the spirit world. Um, John Edwards, I find, personally watching him, he's absolutely meticulous in initials of names and places and states and uh, I don't know he's, I just personally find it, I find him phenomenal to watch uh, very easy and very easy to sit and listen to wow he sounds like an amazing guy looking forward to after this down and plug up YouTube yeah yeah still look him on YouTube yeah. very good if you could go back and give advice to your 20 year old self what would it be? <laughs> maybe don't be a medium I say that because Oh, I say that. It's not that I don't enjoy my work. I do enjoy my work and I love meeting people and I love people. And essentially, you know, none of us are exempt from death. None of us us are exempt from any loss. And losses can be death and other losses can be... I meet clients that have have huge losses in separations or divorces or through losing people through addiction, uh, friendships broken down. You know, there's so many other types of losses out there. I don't know if, if I, I mean, I didn't purposely choose this role, so I don't know if, if I had to say to my 20-year-old self, I possibly would have said, if you're going to do mediumship, wait till you're 
in your mid to late forties. <laughs> We've got even much more life experience kind of under your belt. What age did you become a medium at? Well, age I started working professionally as a medium would be thirty six and I'm now forty six. If there was someone in the world that you would love to give a reading to, who would it be? That's funny because I've never, I never, I've never sat there thinking I'd like to read for anyone. I said people ring me for a reading. <laughs> if you know, but if I could get a reading off anyone, it'd be John Edward <laughs> or TJ Higgs. Let me think. If I was to read for someone, I thought it would be interesting. God, that's that's going to take some contemplation, Aaron. But I tell you who it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Donald Trump. <laughs> I would like to read for him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is there a certification mediumship? Well, I guess there is. I, I never did any. I did um, an introduction to mediumship uh, training event there about, oh, I think it might have been a year or two afterwards that I practiced, um, if you don't mean when I began practicing. But no, there's no certificate. I mean, people do do courses, don't get me wrong. There's a fabulous place in the UK. A lot of people go to Stansted, to the Arthur Findlay College. To learn mediumship, a lot of people get mentors. Uh, I know Kelly Stockwell does courses here. He's another great medium, by the way. I didn't mention him. He does he does courses here in Ireland, along with another great medium here in Ireland, Peter Matthew. He's in, he's based in Cork. Mediumship, I say, just from meditation um, and becoming more aware. I guess I could maybe heal, or maybe be the sensitive heal, or feel them more clearly or easily. I'm not sure, but. You know, somebody said to me before, can I be a medium? And I said, yeah, I'm sure you can be. But I guess it's like any talent, you know. Some people can play the piano really well. Everyone can learn to play the piano. And some people can just play it well. And they may choose to have a career in music or a composer. And other people won't because they don't play it so well. So I believe mediumship is the same. So everybody could, would have the power to connect. But maybe in all different ways, you know. I personally don't smell a lot of things so in other words, some people say, oh, I smelled my grandmother's perfume last night to me. A client would say it to me and I'd say, how lovely. I can't smell things. I can taste things sometimes if they've given me something to drink or I can taste the food in my mouth, but I can't smell anything. So sometimes clients are shocked when I say, I can't smell anything. And it's great gift for you that you have got that, that you can smell them when they're around you. If, if there was one... Um item or tool or therapy or something that that you always like to share to people what would it be healing therapy you need to go for i'm more saying like if there was one piece of advice or therapy or tool that you always go to that you would like to share with us what would it be one of the things i love going to to get done is iet which is an angelic form of reiki energy it's called integrated energy therapy i love receiving reiki energy as well and a great guy in Ennis, Jerry Brown, that I go to for healing sessions. He's well known in the Limerick area, all the way around, around Ireland really. Dublin, Kerry, very good friend of mine as well. But I guess uh, the other thing, EFT is a great life skill for anyone that needs to be free or free up some emotional stuff. We've all hold on to emotions. So EFT is something I'd recommend. Another powerful therapy which I think works for all the meridians as well, really, would be something like reflexology. So I, I guess I'm open towards them, really. I think we all need to be experienced. And if you can find any really, really good spiritual healers, they're brilliant in promoting a level of awareness and healing as well. So it, it sounds like work on your, your body, your mind and your soul then. Yeah, someone, I was reading the other day actually about, I think it's uh, an Indian kind of proverb, I don't know which, how to describe it now. 
but they said, you know, see, it's like a four, four bedrooms in your house. So you take care of your mind, your body, your spirit, and your emotions. And every day, if you visit each bedroom, you know, ideally life would be happier. I take care of the mind, body, emotions, and your spirituality to keep everything in balance. And do you find it hard to be in balance, or is it easy for you? Oh, I find it hard all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Part of my challenge, that's why we're here. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a busy mum, um, got three children. Um, and again, you know, I have the same worries as every other parent that I meet coming into the room. Self-employed, so I have the same worries as anyone else, even though oh, we're always guided to trust. Yeah, and every human being has their own, take good side to them, and they will have our own difficulties as well, you know? But we all, we all mask up, you know, though, we all want to try and make, make things look a bit easier, or we don't really want to be telling the whole wide world what's going on for us, you know? Everybody's got that about them. So, yeah, I think it's just doing our best to keep everything in balance and in harmony. As a medium, do you find that you, people have certain masks, including yourself, that, that we like to hide and not show? Absolutely. Everybody has them. It's not really masks that we don't like to show. I don't think there's anything deep and dark behind people, but I just mean that, you know, I don't think we're actually very good at being vulnerable. I think we all see that as being a, you know, a weakness. I think there's a conscious hiding all the time. I just think some people are very, very private. Um, other people are a lot more open about things. And you can do with, you know, even living in different places. You know, there's certainly, I'm sure there's certainly more anonymity if you live in Dublin in a busy road than you would, in the, you know, out in the country, in, in the counties. So I think it's just, it's a life skill people have developed, you know. I don't think people are necessarily hiding anything. We just don't want people knowing their business. No one likes to be vulnerable. Yeah, it's, we all don't like to be vulnerable. You're right there. We've lost a lot of the gift or the ability to actually ask for help. We like to kind of think that everything's got to be fine and the show's got to go on and things like that. I think we've very much... I think we're very much a nation have got very like that. So, you know, a lot of people can run around helping others, but they're not so good at asking, if you get what I mean. Just to, we need to start becoming a bit better at asking so that the energy can be given and received. And that in itself is a balance of some of the energies that are going on right now. Do you think there's a way how we can we can do that? Or is it just the way the energy of the world and the country is at the moment? Well, I guess from my own experience, it's... I used to think vulnerability was a weakness in myself, but I think when you have lots of things going on in your own life, I'd now see someone as strong if they allow themselves to be vulnerable because I don't know anyone that actually likes to be vulnerable. So if they're strong and they say, I need help, or can you help me do this, or can you help me do that? Fiona, we're just coming up to, to time. If Is there anything else that you would like to share with us that we didn't cover that you feel that our audience needs to know? I guess just explain mediumship as it's not an exact science. Most mediums would, like myself, you know, anyone coming to see us, we welcome scepticism, welcome sceptical, it's healthy to be sceptical. But cynicism is almost someone coming in maybe very defensive when someone comes for a reading. And I always say people tend to be kind of wasting their own time if they come in you know, like a wall up around their heart with their arms folded and kind of come in to have a reading on demand, so to speak. Because it's a bit like even if someone's coming in to fill a form, it was nothing to do with mediumship and someone came, came in that frame of mind. You wouldn't feel like helping them to fill out the form, would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I always say to people, you know, go with the energy. You know, you can work more freely in a place that's got a nice feeling to it. Remain healthy, sceptical when you meet any medium. Relax and you know feel the energy of love operating um which is really providing a good platform and a good space for the media to be able to relay 
they need to relay. You know, it's sensory for the clients relaxed when you start reading and the medium's relaxed. The energy's going to flow better and each part is going to get more out of it. So it's good to be sceptical, but it's really going to go a direction unhealthy to be cynical or too defensive. And I would say if anyone goes through reading, just hope you get something from it. I think closure's too big a word, but if you get something from it, whether it's a level of insight that your loved ones aren't too, you know, that they literally are a thought away. And if it assists in any way with grieving, you know, working alongside any bereavement, uh, bereavement counselling, or if it just gives someone some level of hope that their loved ones are safe and perfect and, you know, living around a beautiful love vibration and still keeping an eye on them, then I think that's what most people want to know, you know, or they want to hopefully get from a reading, you know? Yeah, um, Fiona, I want to say thank you very much for coming on to the show and sharing your story, journey, knowledge, and everything else. You're welcome. Thank you, Aaron, for inviting me. Best luck with your show. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T.com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.